so apparently uh, fellowship is very sweet today. Extra sweet. So let's uh, stop the conversation to come back. Those of you who in So we have a substitute on piano. So guys, sing, sing strong here. Help Lawrence out. We Mark's 
Again he entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went away and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. 第一节到第六节，耶稣又进了会堂，在那里有一个人枯干了一只手，众人窥探耶稣在安息日医治不医治，意思是要控告耶稣。耶稣对那枯干一只手的人说：“起来，站在当中。”又问众人在安息日行善
，众人就一排一排的坐下，有一百一排的，有五十一排的。耶稣拿着这五个饼、两条鱼，望着天祝福，拨开饼，递给门徒，摆在众人面前，也把那两条鱼分给众人，他们都吃，并且吃饱了。门徒就把碎饼碎鱼收拾起来，装满了十二个篮子。And then we go into another very well-known story. 然后我们到另一个很熟悉的故事。Verse forty-five. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went on the mountains to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the on the sea, they thought it was ghost and cried out. But they all saw that he that him and were terrified. Ah, another story in the forty-fifth chapter. Jesus suddenly sent the disciples on the boat, first to that place, then to the other side, until he called the crowd to gather. 他既辞别了他们，就往山上去祷告。到了晚上，船在海中，耶稣独自在岸上，看见门徒因风不顺，摇橹甚苦。夜里约有四更天，就在海面上走，往他们那里去，意思要走过他们去。但门徒看见他在海面上走，以为是鬼怪，就喊叫起来。But immediately he spoke to them and said, "Take heart, it is I; do not be afraid." And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astonished, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. 五十节，因为他们都看见了他，且甚惊慌。耶稣连忙对他们说：“你们放心，是我，不要怕。”于是到他们那里上了船，风就住了。他们心里十分惊奇，这是因为他们不明白那分饼的事，心里还愚顽。Let's read this. Verse 52 again. This is Mark writing. He says, "For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened." We read again. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, "Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation." And he left them and got into the boat again and went to the other side. Pharisees 出来谈论耶稣，求他从天上显个神迹给他们看，想要试探他。耶稣心里深深的叹息，说：“这世代求什么神迹呢？我实在告诉你们，没有神迹给这世代看。”他就离开他们，又上船往海那边去了。Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they all, they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, "Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod." And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. 门徒们忘了带饼，在船上除了一个饼，没有别的食物。耶稣嘱咐他们说：“你们要谨慎，防备法利赛人的教和基律的教。”他们彼此议论说：“这是因为我们没有饼吧？” And now listen closely. This is Jesus speaking in verse 
Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves of for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And he said to them, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? 耶稣看出来就说你们为什么因为没有饼就议论呢你们还不醒悟还不明白你们心还是愚顽吗你们有眼睛看不见吗有耳朵听不见吗也不记得吗我拨开那五个饼分给五千人你们收拾的零碎装
did Mark mean by this? Now it was just Mark's words, which by the mean might be Peter's words, but that's another subject. If it was this one little phrase, you think, well, that was just Mark's view of that incident. And if you're interested, over in Matthew 14, we have a description of the same event, but in that one, we find out that Peter walked on the water. So there's other things told in that, that in Matthew. 但是如果大家记得在马太福音第十四章那里呢，也是记述了这件事情。那里面还记述了彼得在水上行走，那是在马太福音里的记述。But as we just read in Mark chapter eight，但是如果我们只读啊马可福音第八章的话，Jesus himself looked at the disciples and said, "Your hearts are hardened."耶稣他自己来看着门徒说，说你们心里是刚硬、愚顽的。When he asked those series of questions. So this is a serious matter. And we can ask the Lord, what is meant? What does it mean that even though we're following Christ, that our hearts are hardened? We really are interested because we want to know how it might be true for us now. So let's go back to chapter 3 first. That, that passage. And look at, look at that moment in time. Um, well, before we look at that moment, in the beginning of chapter 3, we see another example of a hardened heart that's very, very extreme. So as we read before, Jesus was about to perform a miracle on the Sabbath, and he did it in front of those Pharisees who were going to accuse him and plot his death even. So we saw here in verse 5, it says, And he looked around them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. So here's our Lord Jesus having an angry reaction to the fact that the Pharisees are so in such a hardened, stubborn state. So this kind of hardness in the hip Pharisees means that they are directly opposed to Christ. So and that means they're directly opposed to what God is doing. God is moving and they are just blocking. And our, the reaction of our Lord, it says he's is with anger and he also grieved. And we know when we see these words, remember Jesus is without sin, so his anger is righteous anger. His grief is not selfish. 
This is Jesus, our Savior, who is angry at the fact that sin has done so much damage. And he's grieving at the state in which men would be that way, that they're so blind to God that they would just oppose him. This is our Savior. Uh, the word for grieve, apparently in the Greek, can mean I personally grieve, but it also can be shared grief, that we, that we grieve together over some, something. 这个忧愁这个词在希腊文当中可以讲到一个人的忧愁，也可以讲到大家在一起一起想一起呃共享的这种和一一同的忧愁忧愁。And we got the same sense in the verse we just read in chapter eight.我们同样在第八章读到也读到这一个词。In chapter eight, verse twelve, it said, "And he sighed deeply in his spirit."第八章第十二节讲到耶稣心里深深的叹息。so there's our Lord grieving about hardened hearts. And it's specifically now in situations where Jesus is actually performing miracles as the Son of God and people are opposing it. And so we know what happens. Uh, we don't know the detail, but we know that after this event, they accuse Christ of being under Satan. And so instead of saying, oh, this must be God, I don't know this, understand this Jesus, but what I just saw had to be God. They say, oh, that's under Satan. That move of the Holy Spirit under Satan.与其说看到耶稣是从神迹说到这个神迹一定是从神那里出来的，虽然我不认识耶稣，但是呢，他们反而却说说他们看到这个神迹是出自于撒旦的异能的。This is such a serious matter that Jesus actually talks about this very mysterious and dark thing, which is sin that cannot be forgiven. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the son the children of man, whatever blasphemes they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. I hope you have a problem with Jesus saying this. We all do because he's brought 100% forgiveness. How can he say there's a sin you can't forgive? But he said it. And we have to be very careful. I'm, I'm not 
an expert, and none of us are experts on exactly what the Lord meant here. We but I just suggest my sense of it is that when you consider what has just happened, you have a situation where Ma, where God has moved so clearly right in front of their eyes, and they're rejecting it. Now we have a problem because we live in a world where people say, Oh, the Holy Spirit's doing this and the Holy Spirit's doing that and the Lord did that and it was the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's not even real. So we need to be humble before God and not think we know exactly what what is the Lord and what's not. So we need to but I suggest we consider this moment of time in history, what has just happened. There are moments in real history when God is really moving right then and there, and it's obvious. And 2,000 years ago, in Galilee, when Jesus walked into your town and healed people, it was obvious. And you're seeing it with your own eyes. And sure, you might not know that Jesus is the Son of God, but certainly you would say, this must be of God. So when that happens, when God manifests himself that boldly and obviously in your presence in a miraculous way, and then you say, oh, that's of Satan. And reject it. You are in a place where your heart has, in a sense, gone over a line. You've, you've crossed a line of no return. In other words, your heart has to be in such a committed state that when all this happens in front of you, you you're you're going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. It means you you've already passed the point of grace. So I'll be happy to talk afterwards if you want to correct me in my interpretation of this. <laughs> the last thing we ever, ever, ever want to do is point the finger and say, whoa, he just blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. He's doomed. 
我想大家可以跟我有交通，我想跟大家讲的说，我们都不想这样做，我们来指责别人，说用手指指责别人，说他亵渎了圣灵。But recognize that when Jesus Christ said it, what had just happened and what that meant。那我们要知道耶稣讲着话的时候，当时刚发生了什么事情，它到底意味着什么？So we have here the extreme case that we all can agree about is that when the hardness of heart means a person is set against Christ, it's an awful thing. 在这里我们看到这一个极端的例子，当一个人刚硬的心是一件啊拒绝神、拒绝基督，这是一件很可怕的事情。In other words, when God is doing something by His Holy Spirit in front of you and you reject Him, you are rejecting God。换句话说，当神做了一些事情，借着圣灵坐在你的面前的时候，之后，然后你拒绝了他，换句话说，你就是拒绝了神。Thank goodness we're not in this situation. This doesn't apply to anybody in this room. Okay. I pray that I'm not wrong. What we're talking about then a little later in chapter 6 is the disciples, not the Pharisees. So we go to chapter 6 and we go back to this incident in the boat. So they watched Jesus feed thousands with a miracle. And then he told them to go in the boat and they went out there and they ended up in this horrible storm. And then Jesus walked to them on the water. And that's when he said these, these things. And that's when Mark said that they didn't understand about the loaves. So what did Mark mean? So when Jesus walked on the water, it says at the end of verse 51, they were utterly astonished. In fact, Darby, when he translates it, he says, Exceedingly beyond measure astonished. So they were just totally astonished, completely astonished. And we all can say, well, we would be too. Jesus just walked on water. In fact, in chapter 14 of Matthew, we find that the disciples worshipped Jesus at that moment, which was very appropriate. And some of them even said, truly, you must be the Son of God if you did this. So, Clearly, we have the opposite situation of the Pharisees. The disciples are following Christ. They're watching these miracles. They're being astonished. They're starting to see that well, maybe he's the Son of God. And every day they're learning more. That's a wonderful thing. And that's our life as disciples of Christ. We're following Him. Then why did Mark say 
that they had hardened hearts. And why did he bring out the loaves? When the issue is walking on water. So we still have our question. So if we consider, let's just read it again, verse 40, 52, he says, For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Clearly, Mark is pointing back to the miracle of the loaves. And it seems that what Mark is saying is that the disciples hadn't drawn the right conclusions and understand the miracle of the loaves, what had really happened. Obviously, they saw him make a tiny bit of food uh, explode and, and feed thousands. But maybe what Mark is saying, the disciples should have understood that that meant they could see that not this Jesus also does food. He does healing and he also does food. But maybe they would have understood, oh, this means Jesus is actually Lord over all of nature. Maybe this means that Jesus is the Son of God who is operating kind of from above it all. So let's look at this word hardened. It says they, their hearts were hardened. The Greek word means to be covered with a thick skin. Like we have calluses. If you have a sore spot, your skin will develop a tough outer layer, a callus. So it's, it's the idea of being covered, hardened on the outside, protecting. And then when it's used about people or about hearts, it clearly means that the heart is dulled. We've grown callous. It's like we have a layer that's supposed to protect us, but it's actually making us uh, dull and, and hard to understand things. So Mark is saying for the disciples, instead of their being open and seeing and understanding things, their hearts were still hardened, they were still limited. There's a dullness. Actually, it's kind of a blindness. So they should have inferred or understood from the miracle of the loaves as to the power that, that, God, that Jesus had even over the sea. 
他们应该从分饼的事情，那就能够明白耶稣啊对自然界的这个权柄，就好像对海里平静海浪一样。So it's great for them to be astonished, but maybe they shouldn't have been as astonished because if they knew he was Lord over all nature, then it's not so surprising。的确，他们应当是惊异，但是呢，他可能也不应该是那样的惊异，因为他如果知道主耶稣是整个自然界的主宰，那么他平静风浪也不是什么大事。now before we go on to, we're going to go to the next incident where Jesus this happens again right here in, in Mark chapter 6 is another example of hardness of heart so we're going to look at that too now we read it at the beginning. So Mark, at the beginning of Mark chapter 6, Jesus goes to his hometown. And he's teaching there. People are amazed by his teaching. But then people start saying, well, where does this guy come from? We know who he is. He's the carpenter's son. We know his brothers and sisters. 然后大家就议论说，我们知道这个人从哪里来，这不是木匠吗？我们知道他的兄弟姐妹。I know his mom, I know his dad。我知道他的母亲，知道他的父亲。And they took offense at him. It says in in Mark six, uh, the end of verse three。然后第三节后半句讲了，他们厌弃他。So here's some another way our hearts can get hardened. It, it's with familiarity. 这是另一个方法，我们的心会变成刚硬愚顽，就是熟悉。These people believe they knew who Jesus was。这些人相信他们知道耶稣是谁，and they did. They some of them knew him as a boy, and they watched him be his father's son, learning carpentry. They they knew Jesus。某种程度上，他们的确是认识耶稣，他们知道他是他父亲的儿子，他小的时候可能跟父亲学做木匠。so they thought they knew him fully. So because of that, they have a hardness of heart, which means they can't see that he's much more than the person they understand. And look at verse 5. After this happened, it says, And he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So their stubbornness caused the whole movement of the Holy Spirit to stop. Look at verse 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Now, sometimes you'll find a wonderful verse where Jesus says he marveled at their faith. Here he marvels at their unbelief. Now, again, Jesus doesn't marvel. Like, Jesus knows so much, he knows man. So it's not like he's marveling surprised. Like, Oh, what a shock. <laughs> I think it's more like a marveling where you say, isn't it amazing that people who are so close to the truth 
are so blind. And you can hear in his words there's that grieving that, that the Lord has as he's when he meets this hardness of heart. Now the we need to watch out for this one because this one applies to us a lot. Because we grow up, many of us grow up in the Christian family or we've known Christ many years. Which means we think we know who Jesus is. We think we have him figured out. He's my Savior. And I can give you a list. But are we familiar, so familiar with Jesus that we can't see that He's more than we understand? So we'll come to that. We'll come back to this. We also have a problem in our midst with familiarity with one another. Imagine the disciples are with with each other every day for three years. What do you think they all felt about Peter? Or James and John, especially with that 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 uh, outspoken mom that they had. But the disciples knew each other and they also thought they knew Jesus. So both became familiar and so there's a there's a dullness about seeing more. Now there's an example in our midst that happens to us too. Because we get familiar with each other. We've known each other for many years, some of us. Some of you have known me for a long time. You may even remember when my hair was not white or gray or whatever. Or when our kids were like, you know, babies. Crying and making noise in the meeting. So if I get up to speak, you're like, oh, I know Maurice. I've heard him before. He usually talks a certain way, and he usually has a certain angle on things. And, and so, you know, I'll just kind of tune out and think about work, and uh, maybe, maybe he'll surprise me, but probably not. <laughs> So the same thing could happen to me if someone else like Kelvin who's not here I'm going to pick on Kelvin I hope you're listening to the recording Kelvin <laughs> I know Kelvin literally from, from little little tight guy little guy <laughs> So when he gets up and he, he shares a message or even even Praise for the Lord's table like he did today. I'm thinking, yeah, there's that little kid. It doesn't help that he looks like a little kid. He still looks like he's 12. 
or eighteen or something. But he has kids and he's crossed into decades. And I still think, oh, he's a little kid. If we ask him to get up here and share a message, am I open to hearing from this little kid? Am I listening to him as a brother in Christ who has something that I may have no idea that's coming? And the same thing happens in worship, and the same thing happens in our Bible studies. Oh, so-and-so just started praying. They always pray the same way. I might as well not listen. Side note. Side note. If you do pray the same way every week, stop it. That's a problem. Try silence. And let some of the young people pray for the first time. But you get the point. If so and so starts praying and I think I know how they pray all the time, I stop listening. Oh, we're in an afternoon Bible study, and so and so starts talking. I think, oh well, he always shares this way. So what's the problem? The risk is when we're familiar with someone, we think we know them, we think we have them understood, and now we're not open to God speaking through them. So at that moment, our hearts are hardened or dull. Let me put it another way. So if I view you on the basis of what I now understand, upon what I'm familiar with, am I open to the possibility that at this moment God is going to do something new? Let's put it a positive way. You and I should expect the God of the universe through the Holy Spirit under the direction of Christ to speak through brothers and sisters. Now, we should expect that when someone starts praying, we hear something fresh. That's from the Lord. And we want to guard against that dullness. So may we have open hearts, not hardened hearts, with regard to each other.
And so now let's come back to the issue of us having hardened hearts, even towards our our, our Lord Jesus that we're following. 再一次让我们回来讲到说我们对着我们所跟随的这个主，我们所有的刚硬的心。And for that, we're going to go to chapter eight because there, instead of Mark just saying it, Jesus is saying it directly to the disciples. 我们就翻到马可福音第八章，在那里与其马可对我们讲，耶稣在那里直接对他门徒所讲。So we see in Mark we have another incident in a boat. 在马可福音里这边有一另一个在船里发生的事情。So before we re- we we read through it,、um, just before they got in the boat here. The Pharisees、uh, had had been arguing with him. 我们记得在他们啊上船之前，法利赛人跟他们有一个辩论。Right, it said they in verse eleven that they were seeking a sign from heaven to test him. 法利赛人出来盘问耶稣，求他从天上显个神迹给他们，想要试探他。When you read through this, of course, it's just shocking because. <laughs> Jesus is doing miracle after miracle after miracle, and they're saying, "Give us a sign." 在这里，如果你读的话，你觉得这里很让人诧异，因为耶稣在那里行完一个又一个的神迹。啊，这里他们又说，让他们给他显一个神迹给他看。So that's a there's that hardened heart again. 在这里又看到了一个刚硬的心。The extreme kind. 是这个极端刚硬的。But that's that's what's leading up to this boat incident. So now they get in the boat. And the disciples left the bread on the shore or something. And Jesus says, "Why does this?" He, Jesus says, "Watch out." This is in verse 15. Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. 十五节，耶稣说：“你们要谨慎，防备法利赛人的笑和希律的笑。” And the disciples hear him talk about leaven, and they start. Discussing this really important matter, the fact that they forgot bread. When the disciples heard about this important matter, they started talking about this very important thing. It seems like they didn't have bread. So, what you have here is Jesus. His mind is on the fact that this whole generation wants a sign and is in the process of rejecting him, and he's grieving in his heart. That Jesus in this moment, when he talks about this generation, he wants a sign and is in the process of rejecting him, and he's grieving in his heart. That Jesus in this moment, when he talks And he's trying to say to the disciples, "Watch out, because this leaven thing that ruins everything—the leaven that you see in the the way the Pharisees think and behave and react to me—that's dangerous. Watch out for the leaven." He's here, actually, is warning the disciples, "You should be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees, because the leaven of the Pharisees is very dangerous." And they're worried about the bread. And they're worried about the bread. And so Jesus turns to them and. Ask them these very pointed questions. So Jesus 就转向他们，问了他们一个非常直接尖锐的问题。Now I don't. How many of you have been teachers at some point in your life? 啊，大家有没有在我们生婚姻当中有做过老师？你可以举下手。做过老师。A lot of them are upstairs teaching now. 我们现在楼上有很多的老师在那里讲。When you hear these questions of Jesus, why are you discussing this? And he says, "Don't you remember? Haven't I?" It's it's the it's the cry of a teacher baffled at how the students have not learned. This Jesus in here saying the words, just like a teacher in here, for their students, like they don't understand. He's very surprised at what he's saying. So if you've been a teacher, you know the feeling. If you're a teacher, you know the feeling. There's a grief, you know, in it. 
I think all teachers experience it. But think of this. These disciples have been living with, with Jesus every single day and watching miracle after miracle. And he didn't just feed thousands once. He did it twice. So should they even be worried about not having bread in the boat? So what you hear in these questions of Jesus is, is sort of the pain that a teacher has when the person the people that you're trying to lift out, lift up and show them more. Just don't understand. So you hear Jesus as a man is expressing a certain kind of again astonishment at their dullness. And of course, it's not sinful irritation by Jesus. It's an expression of a wonder at what should not be. It shouldn't be this way. So let's look at his questions. And by the way, this is very rare. I'm not sure there's any other case. Jesus very often answers questions with a question. And there's one very critical time where he asks Peter three questions. But this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, depending on your accounting, questions in a row. How would you feel if Jesus asked you these questions? So the first thing he says is, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? So there they are. He's trying to talk about at this level, lift their eyes to this level, and they're worried about the bread. So he's trying to share on eternal big matters and their focus on the little ones right here. So he's talking about the big clash of culture and people responding to their savior and and they don't they don't get it. So how often are we spending our time focusing on the little stuff when Jesus is showing us something bigger? The next two questions are, do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? And that's where he uses the word directly. Are your hearts hardened? In other words, are you dull so that you don't understand what I've been showing, what God has been showing you? 
There's a, I have an absolutely wonderful quote, which I think if I share, it's just going to lose you guys completely. <laughs> his head is going to blow up trying to translate it. That's a commentator, Alexander McLaren, makes this comment about this, this one point. You can do a simpler version. Okay. Once you get the idea. Okay. So listen carefully. Those who you really understand English, you can follow. Alexander McLaren talking about what Jesus is saying. He says, "If I might alter the metaphor, many of us have waterproofed our minds." Alexander McLaren, this and he says the ingredients with which the mixture with which we've waterproofed our minds are our knowledge of the plan of salvation, our connection with a Christian community, our membership at church, our obedience to the formalism of devout life. In other words, all our Christianity is part of the mixture that's Waterproofed our minds. And then he says, all these have made a non-transmitting medium, you know, blocking, non-transmitting medium interposed between ourselves and the concentrated electric energy that, that ever flashes from Jesus Christ. So it's it's a dullness that's blocking us from receiving his direct revelation. That's not part of.他就解释说，弟兄解释说，这是那个愚顽，就好像阻止了在我们能够接受从耶稣那里来的。As Amaze our master, and no wonder that they do. Hachari,最后一节,举句讲到说,我们硬的刚硬的心,和他们,和我们心里这种,好像固体一样般的,那种不可,没有感觉的,没有感觉的,让我们的救主非常的惊异,然后,的确,就像这些门徒,也让他非
they can become a layer that that actually blocks us from learning more. 他所讲述的就是说，关于我们知道是作为基督徒的这些事情的话，一旦我们对待这些变成太熟悉的话，这些东西呢，反而会变成了拦阻我们跟神之间的一层一层的拦阻。So let's go on to his next question. 我们现在换一个问题。The next question is: Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? 就是你有眼睛却看不见，有耳朵却听不见吗？ So they, these disciples, had been with Jesus day and day after day. Unlike all the other people in the world, they have eyes and ears that no one has because they're with him. So here's the teacher going, look, you have eyes and you're still not seeing. And we are in that situation. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been enabled by God to see and to hear. For those of us, we can think back before knowing the Lord. We were completely blind and completely deaf. And now He's enabled us to see and hear. So we can see, but are we seeing? Is there a dullness there where we're not seeing? So it's a question for us. And it's and when you see if you have the ability to see and you don't, it's now suggests there's a problem of the heart. Right? It's a there's a willfulness there. Because if you can't if you can't see, then then that's the problem. But if you can see and you're not seeing, then it's a problem in in your heart. And then he asked the question. Do you not remember? And of course, throughout Scripture, the Lord always very often reminds us: remember when, remember, think of what the Lord has done. So in their case, he was reminding them about the bread, the two huge miracles. But the Lord wants us very often to look back, even in our own life. And it's not that it's to live in the past. That's that's not what He wants. When we look back and see what the Lord has done, He lifts our eyes up to see what He's doing. So he says, Don't you remember? Remember and consider. And then after those series of questions, the very end, the last question in verse 21, do you not yet understand? How would you have felt as a disciple with this series of questions? 
The final sort of stinging question would hurt. But the wonderful thing is, they were disciples of Jesus. And he was asking them these questions so they could continue their daily growth in him. This hardness of heart has nothing to do with the Pharisees. This is a dullness, but we can, with the Lord's help, open up. Okay, so let's come back. Sorry for taking so long. Now let's come back and just ask the question. What could the disciples have seen and understood if they didn't have hardened hearts? apply that to ourselves. What is God doing now that we're not seeing? Now first, what they did see was that Jesus could feed people. And Jesus could heal. And in fact, for us today, that would be we can look around and say, "Well, Jesus blesses us." We're so blessed when we receive Christ. And this, we are each blessed by His feeding us. But go back to that moment. What were the disciples? What could they have seen if they've really been open? That Jesus was Lord over nature. That he was really God in their midst. That he was proving that not only could he provide some food, but he was the provider. That he's not just someone who blesses us, he is the bread of life. They might have seen or could have seen that instead of just being there as a prophet or even the son of God, he was bringing in a whole new kingdom of God here on earth. And instead of seeing it as, oh, he's just bringing in a new way of doing it and making the laws a little more clear, they would have seen that this new kingdom was centered in one man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So what is Christ doing here now? What is he doing in, in his body? Is he just feeding us and healing some and providing fellowship and making our lives more healthy? All that's true. Thank the Lord for it. Is it is it just that he makes our lives more positive? Are we not seeing what he's doing in our midst because we're so familiar and we think, oh, I know what this is all about. 
Are we like the family members who who kind of know Jesus pretty well, so we think we have him understood? We're content just to see things the way they are. The hardness of the heart also is seen in being numb to the Holy Spirit moving. So are we in a situation when the Holy Spirit moves, we question it? So I ended with a bunch of questions. Because we want to ask ourselves, what's my place before the Lord? But what is Christ doing today? I'll just finish with this thought. We know that in that all over the world there are individual believers who are following Him and suffering for Him. And we know that in this country, the Lord, like in all, the Lord wants people to be testifying to His life. So, are we aware of what He's doing in our midst and how important it is? The Lord wants to see His life expressed. So how are you and I doing on this matter of a hardened heart? Are we so familiar that we're not open to what the Lord's doing? Are we, or can we be open to the way the Lord's going to move among us? Do we see what Christ is up to in our midst? So we thank the Lord that we are on this path with with uh, with our Lord. May we take this as an encouragement to open our hearts and not be dull to Him. See what the Lord really is doing around us and what He's doing in our brothers and sisters. Close there. Let's have a few prayers as people are led. Thank you for reminding us uh, that uh, just uh, we are so close, uh, we thought we are so close to Jesus Christ, but we still have that blind eyes, uh, like uh, just uh, the worldly human and uh, uh, just the Pharisees, uh, we uh, just uh, directly deny what the Lord doing, uh, deny the, the Lord Lord's miracles, and uh, when the Lord is here, the, the mute. Uh, the Pharisees uh, just uh, says that uh, uh, just uh, uh, Lord did that uh, by the ruler of the demons. Yes, uh, dear Lord, uh, we really crossed the line. Uh, but please uh, just uh, give us uh, just, um, uh, you are the Lord that and God that have more than enough grace and uh, mercy and please uh, forgive us and uh, have mercy just uh, 
have uh, the grace uh, just on the ones uh, on us uh, uh, who have crossed the line, for who have the blind eyes. Uh, yeah, just uh, with the brothers, our brothers sharing, just uh, uh, we pray that you keep uh, opening our eyes and uh, soften our heart and hearts. Uh, we give all the glory to Jesus Christ. We pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But uh, we will not, we, our heart will not be God. That uh, we can truly be sensitive to you and know you and have the fresh, freshness of life from you every day. In the name of Jesus Christ.